You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Usually, usually, usually so reliable, and sometimes, every once in a while, I'll just, I'll just get drunk and, and, and try to feed some ducks some bread, and you're just like, dude, what, what the fuck? Still love that people, what the all, fuck? That happens to all of us, man. Hmm? Who, who hasn't done dr- drunk shit posting at 4 a.m. before? You know, all of us. Oh, brother. <laughs> you're preaching, you're preaching to the converted. <laughs> Welcome to the church, everyone. Mass is on weekends. Oh, that has been stuck in my head all day. So thank, thank you, thank you for actually mentioning that. Uh, welcome everyone to the Important Affair Podcast, episode three ninety one. We have a big in today uh, because we actually have a little bit to get through last week too. Um, big, big huh, weeks. My bad, everybody. <laughs> it's okay. It's really not a problem. Um, that just means that just means we get to talk about Solskjaer live together. Holy, holy, holy. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh man, what a what a signing! Um, so we're going to talk about that, of course. Uh, we're going to quickly run through a lot of the matches. Um, there's not going to be much to talk about for Liverpool this week, folks. That's uh, that's going to no. be real real quick to go through, uh, right, Everton? Um, but uh, we will just go quickly through all the matches. Uh, there was also Champions League matches last week, so we'll tell you how things are stacked up there. Um, there was a very, very juicy World Cup draw in UEFA that happened that we will be discussing a little bit as well. And we'll hit news and notes to watch for and then close the night off. As always, podcast presented by NGC Sports at NGCSports.com. We never stop, and we're not going to stop telling you about scores from this past weekend uh, and also this midweek. So, from this past weekend, uh, Arsenal continue winning ways. 2-0 winners over Newcastle. Liverpool, that's them spanking Southampton. 4-0. Diego Jota, he's healthy. He had a brace. Uh, Villa beats Palace 2-1. Palace gets a goal late. Sit bear their blushes. Villa takes the points. Uh, Norwich and Wolves and Brighton and Leeds, they all drew 0-0. Congratulations to them. Uh, Burnley and Tottenham didn't play because of snow, despite the fact that an hour after they called the match, it completely stopped snowing and was totally playable and other matches played during the snow, but hey, they, they didn't. So good for Burnley. Sean, Sean yeah. Dyche was ready to play. Oh, he's always ready to play. He's always down for a scrap. Uh, speaking of scraps, Jamie Vardy with the brace and a four, two win for Lester over Watford uh, city uh, put down West Ham two one uh, again, just a late goal in that game for West Ham Brentford, keeping their season strong with a one, no win over Everton. Although, I don't know how much of a surprise that is anymore. And then Chelsea and United, United bouncing back after firing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer again. We'll talk about that later. Draws 1-1. Jorginho with a penalty to equalize things in the 68th minute. On Tuesday, also that was Jorginho's mess up that caused United's goal, but it is what it is. On Tuesday, Newcastle, Norwich, 1-1 drop. Pookie! 
given Norwich some life after Newcastle scored down a man in the match. And Leeds beats Crystal Palace 1-0 with a dodgy late penalty that Rafinha was able to put in in the 94th minute. Uh, today, Southampton and Leicester draw 2-2. James Madison with the eventual equalizer. West Ham and Brighton also drawing 1-1. Neil Mape with a late-minute goal uh, to save Brighton and keep their season going very well. Uh, Chelsea struggled to put away Watford, but finally did through Hakeem Zayic in the 72nd minute to win 2-1. Wolves drew again, 0-0 to Burnley. Uh, City did get past Aston Villa to one Villa looking a little more sprightly uh, as of late. And then Liverpool at the House of Horrors was last year uh, calmly went through. It was a little dodgy there when it got to halftime at 2-1, even though Liverpool had like 1,050% possession. Uh, but <laughs> Liverpool still got through 4-1 very easily on the day. Uh, Tottenham and Brentford play tomorrow, as do United and Arsenal. Um, so we can't tell you about those matches. But Wes, uh, again, Liverpool, easy 8-1 combined wins in their in the last week for them. Um, I'd love to tell you about Tottenham, but again, they haven't played since we last spoke. Um, and elsewhere, it just seems like this table is just starting to really, really coalesce around three teams, and that's Chelsea, City, and Liverpool. Uh, it is. You, you've got those big three. Everyone else has kind of had their issues off and on this season. Those three, I mean, that, don't get me wrong. They've had their issues. They've just been, you know, lesser issues. Yeah. <laughs> they, and, they figured, and they figured them out pretty quickly. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, watching the Liverpool-Everton uh, match today, the Merseyside derby, um, the first 20 minutes of that match where Liverpool were up 2-0, I literally had it written down uh, to to say to you later. Um, I was hoping the entire match would last like that, but it kind of was by the end. Yeah. Um, my thought was, man, this is like watching Georgia play Wesleyan's JV team. <laughs> that's very I mean, that's, disrespectful that's, to Wesleyan. Yeah, that's really disrespectful to Wesleyan to you know compare them to the damn Toffees. But I mean, really, man, the first twenty minutes. Wow. I mean. It, Everton, that looked like what you kind of expect to see in some of those, like, early round FA Cup matches. Yeah. I mean, Everton just didn't look like they belonged on the field. Uh, Really from them, too. Yeah, they eventually calmed down some and at least, you know, weren't embarrassed completely for the whole match. Mm -hmm. Um, And Damari Gray scored a really nice goal. And it's kind of like the announcers were saying – you know, Everton have finally done what they can do. They stopped trying to do what they can't do. Yeah. Um, the thing is, it was kind of a one-trick. It was kind of a one-trick thing. Once they did it once, uh, they didn't really have a second act. <laughs> so, uh, but Liverpool just absolutely phenomenal. Um, ever since that loss to West Ham, they've been on a roll. Yeah. Uh, the the Arsenal match, uh, then Southampton. Then Everton, so really, that's their last three matches. Um, that's uh, eleven to one. Yeah, uh, they are up to forty-two goals through fourteen matches. Uh, far and away, lead the league in scoring. Uh, set an English record today: eighteen straight uh, league matches scoring two or more goals. Oh, wow! Just yeah. Uh, uh, Mo Salah is kind of at this point running away with the Golden Boot in the Premier League. Uh, I believe he's up to 13 goals after his brace today. 
Everyone plays Fallen uh, Door, but Mo Salah. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, six six guys better than him in yep. the world, but you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Oh God, don't even get me started. Fucking <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying Salah should have won it, but seventh. Yeah. A A seventh and B Messi winning it, just whatever. Um, Ronaldo. That that that's what really yeah. struck out to me. Like everybody's like, "Oh my god, can you believe Ronaldo missed top five? I'm like, he still finished above Salah. Like how? Come on. Yeah. Just anyway. Insane. Um. <laughs> uh. What else was my number? Uh. But anyway, Salah leads the league uh, in goals, and in third and fourth are Jota and Mane. <laughs> <laughs> So Jamie Vardy, the only thing keeping Liverpool from clean sweeping the uh, the medal stand there, but um, yeah, it, it has been a it's been a really really explosive start to the season for the Reds, um, especially in the offensive department. They have had some defensive issues, mm-hmm. um, but you know, to this point, I mean, it hasn't overly killed them. Um, mm-hmm. They sit two points off the top. Uh, in third place, and um, you know, uh, it's 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 more the uh, high flying Reds than the uh, defensively stalwart Reds, but damn, they're fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely, and and just to um, just to kind of show, I think how ahead of everyone else, because we said at the beginning of the year, you know, we said this looks like a four team race, and then the other sixteen are fighting for whatever they can get. Well, United, you know, they're they're out of this completely now. So it's really just the top three still, and we were right on them. But this is how far away they are away from everybody else. Uh, Chelsea City, Chelsea's goal differential is plus 27. City's is plus 21. Liverpool's is plus 31. Only one other team in the Premier League right now is a, has above zero goal differential. And that's West Ham at eight. Everyone else is either zero or negative. Right. And th- that is mind-blowing to me that every other team besides those four, and again, the difference between West Ham and City is is 13 goals. So this is this is just insanity to me how much better these three teams are than everybody else. And when you mention, I mention this because when you mention Liverpool's defensive woes, uh, quote unquote, that they've had this season, yeah. um, and because they, I don't, I think what you're meaning is that they haven't been as defensively stout as they've been right. in the last couple of years, while still being very good. Uh, I do think that there could be a time where that may end up barely costing them the league or barely costing them the Champions League, where and that's against that highest caliber of competition. That is where that can rear its head. You know, you they could screw up against City or a Chelsea um, or or a Bayern in the Champions League when if, if they, they meet them down the road. That's where I could see this Liverpool team still struggling. But on the other hand, if it becomes a shootout, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, if it becomes a shootout, I mean, the seventh best player in the world is pretty darn good. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I almost did a spit take there. Um. Yeah. Just uh, that that list. We're not going to talk about that list anymore. That was just. Uh, <laughs> it just is what it is. Um. So yes. Uh. As, as for a more complete look at the table, again, Chelsea do lead at thirty three points. City are at thirty two. Liverpool thirty one. These are your three contenders for the league. Any one of yeah. them could win it. As we are fourteen match weeks into the season, 
There is a big drop-off after Liverpool to West Ham, who are in fourth. Arsenal just one point behind them. Wolves have crept up and are now just three points out of a Champions League spot. And then it's Brighton and Hove, Leicester, and Tottenham all at 19 points. Uh, again, Tottenham now in a weird position where, as we're taping this, they have two matches in hand basically on the field. Uh, so they they do have a chance to jump up a little bit. But still, United and Brentford right behind them. And uh, again, we're going to talk a little bit about United later on. Um, but at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, it's Watford who sit three points outside of it right now, whereas Burnley and Norwich at 10 points are inside of it. And Newcastle, again, Newcastle absolutely has to get going um, if, if they're going to be able to stay up. But the good thing is, if if they, they do at least do have Eddie Howe, he has experience bringing up a team from the championship. He did it with Bournemouth. Mm -hmm. We'll see if he can do it again. The only downside I can see with that is, you know, you know, Newcastle wants to splash that cash. It's going to be hard mm -hmm. to splash that cash when you're in the championship and trying to attract people, but we'll, we'll see how that plan works out. Um, for your schedule this week, 7.30, it's West Ham versus Chelsea. This is a, you know, West Ham has been the closest thing to a, a fourth team we've had this year. We'll see if they can give Chelsea a good showing uh, after Chelsea stumbled a little bit against Watford. Uh, 10 a.m. at Newcastle, Burnley, Southampton, Brighton, Wolves, Liverpool at the Molyneux. That could be a good one. And then 12.30, Watford versus City. Again, Wolves have been playing a little better lately. Uh, on Sunday at 9 a.m., Leeds, Brentford, uh, United Palace and Tottenham versus Norwich. Then 11.30, it's Aston Villa versus Leicester City. And on Monday Night Football, NBC Sports, um, the team that we now joke about being a dumpster fire being versus the team we used to joke about being a dumpster fire. It's Everton versus Arsenal at Goodison Park. 3 p.m. Monday, go watch or don't. It's it's really your choice. Um, so yeah, dynamite dynamite stuff there. Um, quick look now at the Champions League matches that played uh, during Thanksgiving week. Uh, again, going to go real quick through these. Um, City do get past PSG 2-1 with a comeback win. Sterling and Jesus on the score sheet, which means City wins the group. PSG will be going through a second. And now Leipzig and Bruges will be fighting out in the last week to see who goes to Europa. Um in Group B, Liverpool uh, had another good win. They beat Porto 2-0 with a pair of goals in the second half uh, from Thiago. Yeah, remember that guy? He's he's still pretty good when he's healthy. And uh, Salah added another one to his total. Um, but West drama at the bottom of this table with Porto at five points and um, and AC Milan at at uh, sorry Porto's at five, AC Milan at four, Atletico Madrid after losing to Milan one nil, they also sit at four points. Wes, we could see the second place team in La Liga not even make Europa at this point. This is you know I I think we thought you know at first this was the group of death. For for these teams, but Liverpool is like, nah, we're we're good. We're just gonna go over here and let y'all fight it out for for the scraps of second place. What a what a turn of events, though. If Atletico can't even finish third in this group, it's the group of death, and Liverpool's playing the Jason Voorhees role. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. they're killing it because they're killing everybody. Um, yeah, you know, Atletico. It's it seemed like okay, it's a group of death, but you know it'll it'll be Atletico and Liverpool battling out for the top. Atletico looks like shit right now. Yeah, 
I'm not going to lie. I couldn't have it a nicer bunch of guys. <laughs> takes absolutely no pleasure in this. Fuck you, Simeone. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be, I mean, God, we're coming down to like the last day. And I mean, we're going to see who comes out of this group, man. This is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Porto Milan, uh, AC Milan, and Atletico all still fighting for at best second place. They could also finish fourth. Uh, Porto will be taking on Atletico Madrid in Portugal. So again, if Porto wins because they're one point up on the other two, if Porto beats Atletico, Porto is through in second, and then it might come down to goal differential or something else um, for Milan. Because, uh, yeah, it looks like that that's what it is coming down to because AC Milan will be taking on Liverpool at the San Siro. Um, maybe, maybe we'll see what happens there. If, if AC Milan can pull off a shock upset and maybe get out of this group in second place. Um, speaking of somewhat shocks, group C, uh, IX is going through as group winners. They beat Besiktas 2-1, but sporting, sporting, just handily taking care of Borussia Dortmund. They're going through to the round of 16 and every one seed in this, that, that qualifies just like, mm, mm, give me that sporting no. please. Um, but yeah, Dortmund will be finishing on six points. They are going into the Europa League knockout stage. Besiktas, they're out. So the last set of matches don't matter. Um, Ajax still looking strong, but Wes, Dortmund, you know, failing to make it out of this group, this group in particular is is quite stunning. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody batted an eye when this group came out. Oh, okay, Dortmund will be fine. Yeah. Just even going to Europa, I mean, with all those young, hot starlets, I mean, you know, that, that, now that's the thing, is you've got all these young guys, this is the project supposed to be, is them being able to, you know, play in the Champions League. You know, it's supposed to be like a training ground for these guys. Sure. But hey, we'll be in the Champions League, so it'll be cool because we're getting these. No, you you got somebody like Erling Holland and um, the uh, the Reina boy and you know um, <laughs> these young guns that they've got. Now they're going to Europa. You know these guys didn't really sign up to play in the Europa League. That's it. It's their damn fault. But still, yeah. that's that's not really how uh, players look at things. It's, it's not my fault. <laughs> okay, it's actually all your fault. But so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting, not only the fact that they're going to Europa, where, you know, if you keep that team together, they could be very dangerous, possibly. Sure. But also, um, you know, is this going to portend any January sales, possibly? Yeah. You know, um, is somebody going to get on their high horse and be like, hey, you know, let's throw in some money and see if uh, see if we can get Holland? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that has been bandied about anyway, even if they were going on in the Champions League. So I mean, that could definitely be something. Yeah. Keep an eye on. Yeah. And we know that January prices do go up. But I mean, if you can get a guy like Irvin Haaland, um, and who knows, maybe maybe Dorman even tries to go ahead and get uh, to move him on in the, the winter. You could you could get a dynamite player for one of these teams. Like if you imagine City. All of a sudden, just gets a a mid year boost of Erling, Erling Holland. That's uh, that's a scary proposition for teams. Um, <laughs> but we'll we'll see how that plays out. Um, over in Group D, uh, there was definitely drama in this group early, but uh, it has settled about I think how we thought it would almost. 
Um, Real Madrid is going through um, right now as uh, as top group. Uh, they still haven't quite clinched yet. Um, as Inter Milan right now, just two points back of them. But both of those teams will be going through to the round of 16 um, as they will square off next week in Madrid. Uh, if Inter Milan can win that match, oh, excuse me, they will go through as group winners. Uh, but if Real Madrid at least draws, they will be the number one seed. But congrats to Sheriff Tiraspol uh, advancing out as the second place team. Shakhtar will be finishing last and is eliminated from Europe. Um, but congrats again to Sheriff Tiraspol. Obviously, I think looking at this group coming into the season, definitely the weak link and the one you picked to finish fourth. You know, here they are passing the team, you know, Shakhtar, who has made your uh, Champions League knockout stage before, and they're they're going through over them. So congrats, congrats to Sheriff for uh, for that uh, big um, achievement there. Especially considering the fact that honestly, I've never heard of Sheriff. Yeah, yeah. I hardly doubt you would heard of Sheriff. Not until this year. Nope. So, um, yeah, man, really awesome, awesome job uh, by those guys. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to see the um, it's nice to see the Cinderella teams, you know, kind of get something. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, and and you know, having played now Real Madrid into Milan four times, uh, that that's experience that they can now take to the, uh, the Europa league and maybe make some noise down there and, and make a deep run. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on them as they progress on, um, over in group E though, you, we, we've been talking about drama and it apparently keeps coming up with Spanish teams here in the champions league. Um, Bayern Munich, they're going through his group winners. That's, that's locked and loaded. Uh, Dynamo Kiev, they're out, but Barcelona and Benfica, after a nil-nil draw between the two teams this last week, Barcelona sits at seven points. Benfica sits at five. But here's the catch. Benfica is playing Dynamo at home. Barcelona is going to Bayern. Now, again, this match means nothing for Bayern Munich. But if Benfica win and Barcelona do not, again, even if they draw, they, Barcelona must win if Benfica do. But if Benfica win and Barcelona draw or lose to Bayern, which is somewhat likely, Benfica will be going through to the knockout stage of the Champions League. Barcelona drops to Europa. And and Wes, if there was any more, more symbolic dagger that could be placed into how this Barcelona year and last couple of years has gone of their decline, <laughs> Bayern, Bayern condemning them to the Europa League would just be the the proverbial piece de resistance for this. Oh, it would be absolute chef's kiss magnificence, uh, especially with the great Xavi coming back and taking over. <laughs> and, of course, that was going to fix everything. We'll see how that works. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would be some sweet-ass poetic justice. And... Um, you know, there, there's been some talk out there that uh, the Bayern players pissed off that um, Lewandowski didn't get the Ballon d'Or against uh, Barcelona's former golden boy. Uh, they're going to take it out on Barcelona. It, it could be a drubbing because la last time these two teams met at the, the very start of the group stage, Bayern won 3-0, and, and it could have been worse. So so we'll see how the, how this match goes, but again... But Benfica now, first of all, Benfica must beat Dynamo Kiev. That that has to happen. 
They must win their match. But if they do, Barcelona must win theirs or they are going to Europa. That's that's how that stands. Big stakes coming this week. Um, Group F stands for darn. I thought United was getting <laughs> knocked down to the Europa League, but they're not. Uh, they win 2-0 over Villarreal. And with Atalanta having to scrape by a draw against those young boys, uh, Manchester United will be going through. Uh, I do believe they have clinched uh, the group win. So they'll be going through as a number one seed. Villarreal, one point up on Atalanta for second. Um, but every team still alive for potentially second or third place in the group. Atalanta will be taking on Villarreal in Italy this coming week after Manchester United will be facing the young boys in a excuse me, a replay of the first match of this group stage, which saw the young boys beat United 2-1. So we'll see if they can uh reclaim a little bit of that magic here and maybe uh make the Europa League. But yeah, Atlanta Villarreal, very, very big match. One of those teams will be going on to the round of 16. Um, over in Group G, again, this is the not-so-notable group. Lille, Salzburg, Sevilla, and Wolfsburg. Um, Sevilla, 2-0 wins, win, winners over Wolfsburg. Lille, 1-0 win over Salzburg. Uh, so Lille leads the group and is guaranteed at least third place. And here's why I think this group is notable for not any other reason. Wolfsburg is currently in last place at five points. They can either finish in the top two and go on to the round of 16 or finish fourth. They mathematically cannot finish third and go to Europa. And I think, you know, for Wolfsburg, maybe not so much. But if you're a team like Atletico or in the past, someone like Tottenham or, or you know, one of the lower kind of Premier League teams where you're like, well, if we win... We get to go through into the Champions League knockout stage. If we lose, we don't have to go to Europa. This is win-win. So this is the uh, the rare scene you can finish first, second, or fourth, but not third place for Wolfsburg. So uh, they will be taking on Lille uh, to see if they can advance out of there. Um, and then finally, in Group H, uh, Chelsea just pound Juventus. 4-0, not even close. Uh, Chelsea big winners of last week. They are now uh, level on points with Juventus, and the head-to-head goal difference favors Chelsea. So if the points remain equal into the final week, uh, Chelsea will be going through as the one seed. However, if Juventus end up with more points, obviously they will be the number one seed. And uh, Zenit is going through into Europa. Uh, after after drawing with Malmo, uh, Malmo is eliminated from Europe. So that's how things stand. Again, there's one more match week coming up next week, and then we will have our knockout, our 16 knockout teams. Um, Wes, real quick, um, if we talk about... So right now we have PSG, um, Sporting... Uh, Inter Milan, possibly, you know, Barcelona or Benfica, you know, Villarreal or Atalanta, whoever comes out of second in Group G or Juventus. Um, Is there any team right now as a Liverpool fan that could finish second that you just wouldn't really want to face uh, as as Liverpool? Um, I think you're always going to be a little nervous seeing PSG across the other side. 
just because even if they haven't been great this year, you know the level of attacking talent that they have. And those guys can those guys can turn a tie on its head real damn quick. So th- I think that would be the one that would have me the most nervous. Going, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, for me it would be PSG. All right. Well, again, a uh, draw will be uh, in a little time after the the final matches next week, and so that'll be always fun to see what the initial draw is and see what kind of paths teams left to take to lift the cup. Um, speaking of cups, the world cup, uh, we, we, last time we potted, um, I learned live on stream how the second round of UEFA qualification takes place now. Cause it is different than it has been in years past. Um, now there are three pods of four teams. The winner of each pod, uh, will be going to the world cup, the winner and only the winner. Um, so we have our first pod, um, could be an all, uh, English, our English regional final as Wales takes on Austria and then Scotland takes on Ukraine. So we could be looking at Wales versus Scotland in the final there with the winner going on to uh, the world cup. Uh, In the second pod, we have Russia versus Poland in one section and they'll take on the winner of Sweden versus the Czech Republic in the other. So if, you know, if we get Poland, Sweden, that could be Lewandowski versus Latin for the, for the last spot at the world cup. That's that's pretty juicy. But Wes, the gods have blessed us, maybe, depending on how Turkey and North Macedonia wanna wanna behave in this thing. Oh, the last pod: Portugal versus Turkey and Italy versus North Macedonia. Which means, if those favorites win, it's Portugal versus Italy in the final on March 29th. Winner goes to the World Cup. Losers got to wait four more years. And that, you know, I, you want to talk about drama, must-see television. That's, if we get that match, that is going to be, without doubt, one of the biggest matches of the year. It'll probably be bigger than most of the World Cup matches, to be perfectly honest. Um, but Wes, Portugal versus Italy. Ronaldo, one, maybe one last gasp at of the World Cup. Versus the defending European champions for the right to go to Qatar. I, I just and not just, only that. Yeah. I was just saying, not, and not only that, but um, don't forget the, a good chunk of that Italy team will be Ronaldo's former Juventus teammates. Yeah, it it will. So this is this is great. Now again, Turkey had a pretty good qualifying campaign. North Macedonia, you know, whatever. But yeah, Portugal versus Italy potentially on March 29th. That is that is must see TV. Um, what a what a way! I'm actually curious. What day of the week is that? Because <laughs> give me give me that date one more time. March 29th. That is a Tuesday. Tuesday. That is a Tuesday. So so <laughs> the podcast to be reported on March 30th, 2022, could be could be an absolute banger um i am excited i am very excited for this so i, I really no with no no disrespect to turkey and north macedonia but you gotta take the l here lads you gotta take the l and give us portugal italy if not what are we even doing here so um yeah big big stuff there very big stuff there um 
All right, that's that's uh, match talk. Let's hit the news and notes. And again, the biggest story easily from the last two weeks. They 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 gave him the beginning of the season. They waited through an entire uh, defeat by Liverpool, just an absolute hiding. They gave him after, you know, losing to their rivals in equally embarrassing fashion. They went through an entire national break. And then finally, after coming back, that was the time to sack Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, obviously, if you're Manchester United. Uh, Solskjaer has been shown the door. Uh, in comes Ralph Ragnick, um, who is coming over after being at Locomotive Moscow for like two weeks or something. Um, but the 63-year-old who, uh, according to The Athletic, seen as the godfather of modern coaching in Germany, brought up a lot of the, the young, hot German coaches that we talk about today. Um, he is coming over to Manchester United. He has agreed to a six-month deal to be the manager. So he'll be taking United uh, as the manager to the end of the season. And then in the rest of his contract of two more years will be in a more consultant role. Um, so we're left with sort of United still not having a permanent manager. Um, so not not sure who United will be looking at in six months when we have to kind of do this dance again. Um, but Wes Rainick, obviously a very astute man, has obviously been very good at building programs. Um, and that is... If United needed something, it's direction and a directional. What's the opposite of direction list? Direction. A United with direction is a somewhat scary proposition, is what I'm trying to get at here. In the direction, they needed a German because Germans win. That's and true. You know, United. Uh, I'm sure Ed Woodward saw that on the internet somewhere. <laughs> okay. So, well, well, I'm going to start with the whole Ranyuk thing, because that's kind of on my mind today. Um, Ralph Ranyuk. Ralph Ranyuk is basically, he is described as a footballing genius. Mm -hmm. Um, The likes of Klopp, Pukul, just two very prominent ones. Um, uh, Oh, my God, who's it? Um, Hassan Huddle? Uh, Yeah, Hassan Huddle. uh, Julian um, Nagelsman. Nagelsman. I-, I wanted to say Lopatelli. I knew it wasn't Lopatelli. <laughs> <laughs> um, these guys like worship at the altar of Ralph Ranick. Ranick uh, is one of the, um, you know, they call him the godfather of German football. He is one of the like uh, gagan pressing like masterminds mm-hmm. that, of course, Klopp made so famous bringing to the Premier League. Um, the dude is a football savant. So on the on the surface of it, good good job, United. Good job. That's not bad. Now here's the issues we could see them run into. Um, we saw when Klopp came in that you can't you can't play that pressing game. It doesn't just click overnight. Um, you have to have an incredible fitness level for it. it. It's a lot of movement. It's a ton of running. It's a ton of working. Man, that don't sound like United to me. Yeah. Uh, that don't sound like the personnel they have. Now, on the other hand, 
Thomas Tuchel came in and it clicked pretty quickly for Chelsea and Chelsea went and won the Champions League. So there, okay, well maybe this can work. That said, I think this I think that Chelsea team was a lot more set up to be able to come and do that than mm-hmm. this United team is. Here's my next question. Okay, so you're basically bringing in Ranić. Ranić is going to play an entirely different style of football than all he played. Yeah. Which was supposedly in the United vein and in the DNA and blah, 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 blah. So we just also talked about, you know, this it's not an overnight thing when it comes to this high-pressing and this uh, hard-pressing game. So are you just going to do this for six months, and then who are you going to hire? Yeah, that's the big question on my mind. Um, and Ranić, they say the extra two years. So Ralph Ranić at Locomotive, he wasn't the manager. He was kind of like the president of football or yeah. the operations guy, whatever. Yeah. Apparently, he doesn't particularly want to be a manager anymore. Um. He's more of a front office guy. <clears throat> I wonder if this is the move of United finally bringing in a director of football or in mm-hmm. the U.S. we call it a general manager, you know, whatever you want to call it. Is this United finally bringing in somebody? And, and you know, at that point, then I don't really have a big issue with this at all because, okay, you bring in Ranić, he can lay down some of the um, some of the base philosophy for, for what you're going to do in the future. And then he's one of the guys spearheading your next hire. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. The thing is, this is Manchester United. And doing things that make sense isn't exactly, like, their strong point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they kind of do some really dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Also, here's another thing. Your, you know, your huge summer signing, the guy who is your best player is Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo don't run. Nope. Ronaldo don't press. Nope. Ronaldo ain't going to start doing it now. No. So where does that leave you with Cristiano Ronaldo? Um I said, man, United, they've got, they've got some really big egos, none bigger than Ronaldo, of course. Um, we talked about, man, the, the Ronaldo signing didn't make sense at all when they did it. Mm-hmm. And now it almost makes even less if you're bringing in Ralph Ranić. Mm-hmm. So whatever. I mean, this is United. This is how United operates. They do dumb shit, and then they kind of have to figure it out on the fly. Um. You know, long term, this could be a good one for United. I'm just, I'm, I'm we have been so uh, conditioned to just think that no, United are going to fuck this up somehow. That, I, yeah. you know, no one's going to believe it until we see it with United. So, um, you know, good, good luck to him. Uh, Ranić is a, he's a really interesting guy. You know, he's done really well. At, he did really well at Leipzig. Um, you know, a couple other stops along the way. Uh, it's a, it is an inspired move by United if they are, if they are going to see this through and go in that direction. Mm-hmm. It has the chance to be a really inspired move. Um, now the whole Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer thing. Jesus. 
I mean, to, to me, that just shows we talked about it, just how reactionary United are with everything they do. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, the timing of it is just so ridiculous. It's like suddenly, wow, they lost that match. Well, okay, now now we have to get rid of them. Yep. It's like, but, you know, a week ago when you had some time to do something, that wasn't the time to do it. But that, now, now, because we lost this match, we have to get rid of him now. Okay. Sure. Um, yes. They say it's the United Way, I guess. But yeah. Whatever. Um, I, I really think it's because they just, they didn't want to fire, they didn't want to fire the manager off the back of losing to Liverpool because everybody's like, oh, well, now you always fire managers when they lose to Liverpool. <laughs> They're like, oh, you watch us. We're not going to fire our manager. We'll wait a week. Yeah. We'll wait a week when it's really, really inconvenient for everyone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the United narrative is just, it's what it is, man. Um, they get the point against Chelsea this past week. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm surprised Michael Carrick didn't get like a three-year contract off of that one result. So, uh, you know, like I said, obviously they had Ranić in mind, but uh, you know, oh, what it is. I'm, I'm not expecting this huge United revival to come through by any means now. So, yeah, at least not yet. Not, not yet. At least, yep. I mean, I, I, I yep. do agree with you. I think that there is, th- there could be something to bring in Ranić. As as a consultant, and like you said, that's what he was for locomotive for the you know eight days he was there. It seems, um, <laughs> but it, it 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 and again for that point of view, it looks really smart. Um, I just I don't know how he's going to do as a coach. I as you mentioned, I don't know what that means for someone like Ronaldo going forward. I mean, who knows really how long this return to United was going to last to begin with, but. And, you know, if 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 Ranić wants somebody with gag-impressing DNA, it, it's just not going to work with him. So, I I think United, by doing the smart thing, are going to end up in a situation where come summer, they're they're going to have to bring in a coach that's probably going to end up pissing a lot of people off because Ronaldo's not going to want to work for him, and and that's where. Um, that's where this could go a little bit awry because if that happens, and as you said before, if the board do something very reactionary based on emotion, it, it, it's it's just gonna get them in trouble again. But if they stick with it, this could be very good for United. We'll see. <laughs> we yeah. will see. Um. Other big deals to go down uh, this past couple weeks. Um, the Premier League deal will be saying with NBC Sports, kind of, because we know NBC Sports, the channel is going away. Um, so we'll be staying with NBC. Um, they have agreed to a new six-year rights deal, according to Matt Slater and Philippe Cardenas over at The Athletic. Um, this is, uh, I, I want to get the, the amount they paid here. Um, because this was a huge, huge deal. Um, where, uh, where is the number here? I thought the number was in the article, but, um, uh, 
Oh, yeah, serious. Right in the second line. Uh, the Athletic understands that the agreement is worth more than two billion pounds or two point seven billion dollars. That's right. Almost three billion dollars for the Premier League rights here in uh, in America. And uh, as I believe I texted you, Wes, we were we were thinking like, oh, man, did, did they just like outbid everybody? And it seems like Fox actually came up with a very comparable bid. And Premier League was just like, nah, we're, we're just going to stick with NBC. So we'll, we'll see how prudent that is. Um, I'm very interested to see what happens on January 1 when NBC Sports shuts down. And then going into next year, what their distribution is going to be. Because we know they're going to move a lot of matches to you at the USA Network which is more widely available to people than NBC Sports was. But how many matches will start moving towards Peacock? Um, which, honestly, if they just kind of went back to what they were doing and put it that you could watch any match on Peacock, would actually be fine. Yeah. That, like, that's, that's the biggest issue. It's like, don't, don't just put some matches on Peacock and then have some matches on USA or or your over-the-air NBC networks. No, just, just let us watch every match on Peacock, all to all 10 every week. That's fine. Like, I'll pay $5 a month for that. That's not a, be- that's not a big ask from me. But don't do it where, like, I have to pay that and then also pay cable so I can have the USA network. Like, that's... That's the bigger issue. We'll see if they do that because I mean, you you don't spend two point seven billion dollars and then leave money on the table. I think, but uh, I I guess you know it, we we've talked about maybe if they went back to ESPN, it'd be pretty good. But I think given where it could have gone, being either CBS or again Fox, th- this isn't the worst thing that could have happened, Wes. Really, and just. Based on a lot of things that I watch, you know, I watch a lot of college football, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, CBS, their channels are nearly impossible to find. Yeah. Other than like regular CBS, like CBS Sports, East Carolina played a game on CBS Sports earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't find it anywhere. Like in my cable package, I couldn't yeah. find it. Um, <clears throat> on CBS's, uh, on Paramount, I couldn't find it. So apparently that match was played. Go Pirates, we won. But I couldn't watch the damn match. Um, so that sucked. Uh, Fox, I think, you know, Fox probably came up with a really good offer, but then the Premier League was like, Gus Johnson, no. Uh, sorry, Gus. I, I've enjoyed you on the Big Ten this year, but that's about it. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, March Madness is coming, dude. That's your time yeah, shot. There you go. Um, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm personally, I'm... I'm I've got to think that, you know, comparable packages and the Premier League was like, you know what? NBC's done a great job. I think, you know, we we haven't had very much negative coming about, at least about the broadcast or the production of it. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, we'll figure something out with this, uh, with where the games are actually going to be on. But um, I think that had to be a part of it where they're just like, you know, this has been a good thing. Let's um, let's not mess with this. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so it's so good on the Premier League for you know using their brains. Yeah, now we just have to hope that the uh, the NBC Sports people use theirs and just have you be able to watch everything on Peacock. That'd be yeah. 
Super spoiled, guys. Um, but again, USA Network will be easier to find than CBS Sports, so that's that's good. Um, uh, a little bit, uh, a pair of international coaching news and notes here as we finish up this section. Um, Uruguay, who is in a a bitter battle to to qualify out of the Crucible, that is Conmebol for the World Cup, uh, has dismissed coach Oscar Taberes after 15 years in the row. Uh, this is coming from Jacob Whitehead at The Athletic. Uh, nicknamed El Maestro, the 74-year-old, uh, was revered for the manner in which he revolutionized Uruguayan football after taking over for a second time in 2006. He holds the world record for most games in charge of one nation, 224. Uh, they reached the semifinals of the 2010 World Cup and won Copa America the final the following year. Um but yeah, obviously with the a rocky World Cup qualifying campaign, it seems like the change has come for the 74-year-old. Um, so not a lot of guys, I think people will know exactly who he is. You know, we do know Uruguay um, from World Cups, especially with uh, uh, Luis Suarez and co. coming through and, uh, and making some noise in recent years. Um, but not many people still probably knew who Tabarez was. So good write-up from Jacob Whitehead um, about him. And on the flip side, uh, Dominic Fleifield. I, I legitimate Fifield? Yep. For sure. Uh, reports that Gareth Southgate has extended his England deal until December 2024, uh, which will make him uh, manager through the next European Championship as well as the World Cup. Um, I think this is... You know, he's been a bit polarizing, West. He's seen, I think, as a very positive guy. And uh, he's he's obviously had some very good results. But I know a lot of people have somewhat questioned his tactics and wonder if maybe he has somewhat underachieved a little bit, given that they, they were in a position to win Euros this year and, and, and maybe go a little bit farther in the, uh, the last World Cup. Um, so I'm not sure, obviously, as a re- resident England expert here, how you feel about uh, him being extended. But, uh, yeah, this this seems like a little bit of stability for England moving forward. Won't play training. Kiss my ass. <laughs> um, no, I mean, Southgate just got a little breaking news we'll talk about here in the news and notes. Okay. Um, Southgate, I mean, he is he's a steady hand. Um, I mean, he's the one England manager that has come in and everything like doesn't turn into a like tabloid disaster. <laughs> has he been perfect? Absolutely not. Um, is he the world's greatest coach? Nah, dog. Mm-hmm. His name is not uh, Gareth Klopp. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I think England fans who are like, oh, we could do better. Well, fucking find me someone better. If Sam Allardyce didn't work out, who the hell's going to? So, uh, yeah, I'm totally fine with uh, keeping Gareth Southgate around. I don't agree with everything he does, but, um, I mean, the results speak for themselves, man. They've they've been a whole hell of a lot better with him than without him. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll see if he can maybe work some more magic here in the upcoming World Cup for England. Um, well, you said you had breaking news. That was actually my last news and notes story before we got to Pimp the Athletics. So if you have breaking news, Wes, please d- deliver it to us here. Uh, from the baseball world, 
The MLB lockout will happen. Team governors have voted unanimously to institute a lockout, forcing first MLB work stoppage since 1994-95. Slow. Well done, everyone. Good job. Good job, baseball. Man, remember that awesome World Series we just had? Hope you remember it. Hope you take it because it might be the only thing you see for a while. Because you know, uh, because baseball, baseball obviously just has a death wish. Apparently, oh god. Um. All right. Well, Wes. On that note, why don't you, uh, why don't you pimp the athletic with some some great articles you've been reading in the past week or so? Ooh, lolly. Okay. Okay. Um, well, you know, one thing that has been happening this week is, uh, the free agents have been signing. Yeah, they have. Yeah, that's exciting. You know, I mean, and what's more exciting than the Red Sox signing Rich Hill? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the, the big pitching deal of the week, uh, was obviously the Max Scherzer deal. Max Scherzer going to the New York Metropolitans which I don't think many people were expecting, but then Steve Cohen's like, wait a minute, I'm richer than everyone else. I'm just <laughs> going to go buy him because buying, buying expensive free agents, starting pitching in their late thirties never backfires on me. Uh, a couple of really good articles on that though. I'm going to tell you, um, Tim Britton, the Mets deal with Max Scherzer marks the arrival of Steve Cohen's financial advantage in the open market. Um, so that's on that one. And then uh, Ken Rosenthal, by adding Max Scherzer, the Mets are acting like a New York team should, but that's no guarantee of success. So the two points I just pointed out about this whole signing, uh, there you go. There's two good articles on them. Um, the Rangers signed three free agents to get better, which is the whole idea, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and that's a Keith Law article. Um, yeah, I mean, the Rangers are like, man, what would happen if we paid a shortstop a shit ton of money? That would fix everything, right? Somebody's done that before, right? Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. 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 Oh, no. If you don't, if you're too young to get that reference, um, I want you to go to Wikipedia and look up a man <laughs> named Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> Let's see how his Texas tenure, uh, Played out, you know, nearly. Well, Alex, I think A Rod's was a ten-year, two hundred fifty million dollar, which was just like astronomical at the time. Yes, they just gave Corey Seager ten for three twenty-five, and they signed Marcus Simeon and John Gray and, and John Gray. Yeah, yeah. Woo. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, whatever. Whatever. I mean, I, Corey Seager. We have a little Corey Seager connection. Just him being a North Carolina guy. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, Corey Seager's a hell of a player. <sighs> I don't know if Corey Seager's ten years, three hundred twenty-five million dollar good a player, but uh, you know what? He doesn't have to be that good because he got the money. So good on you, mate. Yeah. Uh, a couple of college football ones. Lincoln Riley embraces the challenge of building USC back amid the surreal fanfare of an unbelievable first day. Man, you think the baseball uh, free agency has been exciting. Oh, it's nothing on the college football free agency, which isn't actually free agency. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, coaches are like, well, time to move and you're going to pay me like I'm a fucking um, 
Yeah, basically, yeah, you're going to pay me like I'm a major league shortstop. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was crazy days where, oh, my God, I can't believe this coach makes a million bucks a year. Well. <laughs> oh, man. If, if he does, he ain't coaching nowhere worth a shit now. <laughs> um, just some more. There, there's some really good college football articles. Uh, David Ubin, who is a um, really good guy. He's on, he's on the Andy Staples and Friends uh, Network. In the past decade, 20 programs fired a good coach and chased greatness. How often did it work? Mm. And that's in direct uh, correlation to uh, Michigan keeping Jim Harbaugh, reducing his salary, keeping Jim Harbaugh instead of just firing him and going for the next guy. And by God, Jim Harbaugh is making them pay off this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a, a couple more real quick and I'm done. Um, sure. So we mentioned Lincoln Riley. Well, the other <laughs> major uh, coaching change that rocked the world, inside the 24 hours that rocked Notre Dame football and where the Irish go from here without Brian Kelly. Um, personally, I hope they go to hell. But anyway, <laughs> screw you, Notre Dame. Um, man, that, that, that's by far the best part of this whole thing is Notre Dame fans just wailing and gnashing of their teeth. How dare anyone leave Notre Dame football I know. for that dastardly South? Eastern Conference. I absolutely love it. It is magnificent. Oh, Brian Kelly falls on his face, but um, (laughs) just the fact fact that Notre Dame are like furious and pissed is just great. (laughs) And the last one, I got Seth Emerson, the Athletics um, uh, Georgia beat writer. I just never thought he would get his chance. The journey of Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett the fourth, a long road to respect. Um, Stetson Bennett is basically a guy who was a walk-on and Georgia has like three five-star quarterbacks on their roster. And Stetson Bennett is the guy who is potentially leading Georgia to a national title because why not? Yeah. So a good article there. Good article. Um, the athletic is just, especially for college football, this is the time of the year Mm -hmm. where everything crazy is going on. So if you're a college football person, there is a shit ton on the athletic. Um, If you're not a college football person and you like sports, which if you're listening to this podcast, I figure you like sports. Why would you not just get the athletic? Plus they have a killer holiday deal going right now. You get for like 99 cent a month for a year or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Love it, man. Love it. Uh, If you need to know how how important uh, college football is right now, the athletic, um, on the top bar, there is following real-time news, and then college football coaching updates. It's it's just its own section. And then it's cities and then every sport. So that's how important this is. It's getting its own section on the top bar. Um, my three articles uh, that I'm going to highlight here, one, um, from the world of college basketball, you know, we, we, we like to make fun of him. Because he he's old, he's been around a lot. He's he's kind of hokey and and whatever. But there's no one I think more revered and more well liked and more of an ambassador for college basketball than Dick Vitale. And yeah. so there was a great write up from the athletic staff uh, talking about uh, how he's calling uh, Gonzaga UCLA, or he called it on November 23rd between cancer treatments mm-hmm. for pediatric uh, pediatric cancer. He was actually in North Carolina. Tonight, calling uh, UNC Michigan. Um, so it is. It is good to see again. Uh, he is. He got very overexposed. He he was. His act was just a little tired. But at the end of the day, it's hard to find a better guy 
and a better, again, advocate for college basketball and how much fun it can be than Dick Vitale. And this, and articles like this kind of remind you of that, even when you're when you get to be cynical and old like me. Um, another speaking of cynical and old, um, this article of uh, from a couple days ago from Oliver K and Matt Slater. The Chinese Super League, from unprecedented salaries to uncertain restart date, unpaid wages, and deepening turmoil. And this was a fun article to read for me, just because I remember doing this podcast and seemingly every week having to say, guess who's going to China this week? <laughs> and just and just seeing how much money they were paying and genuinely worrying, like, is is this just the next Premier League? Are all the stars eventually going to end up in China? And no. no. It, it wasn't that way at all, actually. Um, that, now it's now it's uh, the Middle East and Qatar. The, that'll that'll certainly work, guys. Right? No, no way that could go under. Um, so go check that out again. Great in depth history of of what's going on there. And then uh, finally, speaking of Qatar, from Nick Miller and Matt Slater, um, explained David Beckham ambassador for Qatar. Um, and I know that just sounded like I said fuck Qatar, and I mm. would, but I actually said for Qatar. I just said it very quickly. Freudian slip. <laughs> Ooh, pardon me. Um, just the first. Uh, it's it's a very very interesting thing, you know how, you know, with the clashes in ideologies that are, exist in Qatar and how they mesh with someone's quote unquote brand like David Beckham. So go go check that out. Another another very deep dive and another big reason why we love the athletic. Um, so Wes, on that note, uh, let's hit the watch for what you've been watching in the week that was or the week that will be. Um, we have uh, so my my fiance. Oh. Uh, after a year of me telling her how amazing Thirty Rock is, she decided to start watching Thirty Rock while she works out. Okay. So now I get like random 30 rock drop ins, <laughs> which is great because I get to re enjoy the greatness of uh, Alec Baldwin before he had a body count. Um, and uh, the character of Kenneth Ellen Parcell, who is just, oh, just, just magnificent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just magnificent. Um, on the other hand, um, on, the, on the extreme opposite end of the wholesomeness of Kenneth Parcell, uh -huh. uh, we just finished season two of Deadwood. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't believe you ever watched the Deadwood. I did not know. Extremely profane. Yeah, I did, I didn't know about that. Ian McShane is absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah. Um, the dialogue in that show, uh, mixed in with the horrible, horrible words that they say, <laughs> is some of the absolute best I've ever seen on a television show. It is so damn good. And Ian McShane is, he basically plays like, I, I think I compared him to um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, okay. Because he is a complete anti-hero. Uh-huh. It's like nothing he does should make him a good, nothing he does makes him a good guy, but it's like, but he's not like totally a bad guy and you just, you, you can't help but love him. Mm, okay. I mean, he's just magnificent. Uh, Timothy Oliphant is phenomenal. Powers Booth, who oh, okay. passed away in 2017, uh, mm -hmm. he plays now. He plays like a true villain in that show. 
just wow. Wow. I mean, I, I had heard about Deadwood for years. Oh, yeah, I'll watch that one day. She got me to watch it, and I can't I can't turn it off. It is it is just that spectacular of a show. So um, that's my two this week. Uh, 30 Rock and Deadwood. Um, oh, I'll throw one more in real quick. So randomly, I was on uh, Netflix and saw the um, – they had done this, this uh, like, kind of reality follow-around series, like documentary style. Uh, a few years ago, they'd done three seasons of it. It's called QB1. Okay. And they actually follow around. I think each season they picked like three high school quarterbacks to follow around. Hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, the season I'm watching, the only one, it says they have three seasons, but there's only like the last one is available to watch on there. Um, but it follows around Spencer Rattler, who is the much maligned, soon-to-be <laughs> former Oklahoma quarterback. Yeah. But it follows him around when he was like the number one, he was like the number one quarterback in the country his senior year in uh, Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And it's following him around. And then a quarterback who um, uh, is from Florida and then another one from New Orleans. All all three went on to be division one quarterbacks. And strangely, all three um, have either transferred or have just entered the portal in the last week. So, wow. Yeah, that's how it works out. But um, some really, really cool, like, behind-the-scenes stuff that you get to see there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I can kind of see why, you know, it seems like nobody really personally likes Spencer Rattler very much. <laughs> I mean, it's like, so out of these three quarterbacks, it's like one of them you're really pulling for. One of them's like, okay, he's a rich kid, but, you know, he's all right. He's just He's just what he is. And then there's Spencer Rattler, and you're like, this dude is trying so hard to be, like, this badass. <laughs> and he's, like, one of the biggest little, like, cock assholes I've ever seen in my life. So, I I was not a Spencer Rattler fan, really, to start with, and now I'm even less of one after watching two episodes of this. Nice. <laughs> so, um, good times. Yeah, QB1, check it out. Um, so... Uh, Jackie, one name producer Jackie and I just started watching, uh, last week, um, and have one episode now from this week to catch up on, um, literally every show that exists now. Um, she's fun this, uh, as Kate Bishop teaming up with Hawkeye. And, uh, I have to say, so this is, this is not a spoiler by sense. Um, I, at least it's, it's a very tiny spoiler, I guess. So Hawkeye at the start of the show is revealed that he has a, uh, a hearing aid in one ear now. And so, you know, the, you start the show and you're like, Oh, what, why does, why does Hawkeye have a hearing aid? Oh, oh no. What, what, what's going on? And so I, it's either towards the end of the first episode or early in the second, Kay asks him like, well, what, what's wrong with your ear? What happened? And he just goes, yeah, well, you know, and he sort of trails off. And you're thinking, oh, God, what's what's this big reveal going to be? Is it something that happened when he was the Ronin during uh, Endgame? You know, what happened? And then, just, and then we just then we just see a smash cut of all the times in the Avengers movies when he would like slam into a glass wall <laughs> or, or have a bomb go off right beside him. You're like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just because you were in the field and had a bunch of shit going off around your head. Yeah. OK, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like I like to call it an anti-reveal because it feels like it's building up to something. It's like no, it's just it's just completely normal shit that literally any normal human being would have to deal with. So I I actually really appreciated that. Um, there's a lot of other really good moments that there is. 
There is a moment very early on in episode one that I don't, and I, I, I'm begging, I'm pleading, if there's any way anyone that wrote the show can get in contact with me and tell me and make sure that this was intentional, I would really appreciate it. Because there's part of me that believes that it was intentional, part of me that thinks it might not have been. One of the single cringiest things I have ever seen in any television show ever. And I'm, again, I'm pretty sure it's intentionally cringe. Because it was like, oh, it's making your skin crawl. Oh, oh no, oh no, TV show, don't do the, no. And I don't mean in a creepy way. I don't mean in a gross way. I just mean it's cringe. It is pure, unfiltered cringe. It's very early on in episode one. So, if anybody just... I, I just I have to know that it was intentionally cringe because if it was unintentional, then this show go, drops like five points in my book out of ten. But if it's not, it's still way up there. So, just oh oh, it's so cringe just thinking about it. Uh, but yeah, Hawkeye, really good show. Otherwise, um, so yeah, any any time y'all are out there, just that first episode really early on. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, so yeah, that'll do it though for the watch four. Um, also real quick shout out. Uh, I, I know I've sometimes mentioned streamers on here. Big shout out to a streamer named DGR. Um, he was initially doing this uh, thing called the 12 games of Christmas where he's going to stream different Christmas games every day during the next couple weeks to raise money for a, a foundation called the starlight children's fund, which, um, which helps uh, families and children who, who deal with various uh, life-threatening illnesses and, and try to take care of them and cover medical costs and whatnot. Um, and he initially thought, like, you know, hey, I'm, if we... My, my biggest goal is 25000 He had a lot of different goals. Like, if, you get, don't, if we donate 1000 this happens. 3000 this happens. And then the biggest goal was 25000 And you're thinking, all right, well, over two weeks, maybe they'll hit 25000 they ended today with over $30,000. So, big congratulations to all y'all there. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do after this because there's nothing else to donate for at this point. All the goals have been met. So I don't know what's going to happen the next 11 days, but uh, big, big props to them raising a lot of money for a good organization. So, good on y'all. Um, that... Happy Note is going to do it for episode 391 of the Affordable Fair Podcast. Uh, thanks again to NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Uh, you can find them on the socials as well as us. Uh, as a collective on Twitter, we are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are? I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube via our parent show, excuse me, the All New Sports Show, and email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including Anchor through Spotify. Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. If you want to send us a message, click in the description. There's a link there that you can send us a voice message, and if we like it, we'll put it on air. Um, so with that, that is going to bring this episode to a close. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here. Next week, we'll be talking more Premier League. Busy season's coming up, and we'll have the final results from the group stage of the Champions League. But before we finally get out of here, Wes, anything else you want to mention? Back to the college football because why the hell not? Um, it's a uh, championship game week. Mm-hmm. Georgia Bama for the SEC title. 
What else do you need in your life, man? Georgia, Bama, this is the game we've been waiting for all year. Um, definitely going to have an out on that. Uh, Cincinnati trying to nail down a spot in the playoff. They are undefeated going to the AAC title game against a one-loss Houston. Uh, Houston lost their first game of the year. They've been fantastic ever since. Uh, looking for a good game there. Uh, Michigan just looking to make sure they don't lay an egg um, here and there. Final uh, match in the Big Ten Championship game the week after coming off the uh, the huge uh, win over Ohio State. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a great weekend, man. That's all I can say. It is a great weekend of college football. And then we get ready for bowls. And East Carolina's going to a bowl. We're going to the Military Bowl in Annapolis. Um, I will not be able to make it to Annapolis. Uh, there was a uh, there was a rumor going around that uh, we were we possibly were going to go to the Myrtle Beach Bowl. <laughs> I'll let you guys figure out where that game's being played at. Um, but uh, <laughs> we didn't, and if we had, there was a chance I could have gone to that. But oh, oh well, uh, just happy to see the Pirates back, and just waiting to find out who we're going to play. And hey, it could be those pesky old Carolina Tar Heels. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that would be a game of uh, great interest up in um, up in Annapolis to see the Tar Heels and the Pirates play. So. Absolutely. Um, I will say I, I've been looking in, and man, is it wrong of me that I really, really want to see Alabama beat Georgia? Close game, but I, I want to see Alabama beat Georgia. Because I want to see everyone lose their collective minds when both of them end up in the playoff, <laughs> and it's two SEC teams in. Oh, and the thing is, I mean, you you know that I mean, you know, Georgia's going basically either way. Yeah, I mean, unless, unless basically unless Georgia get beat by like fifty, mm-hmm. they're getting in. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be something either way. So. Mm-hmm. I would very much like Georgia to win the national championship, but yes. for, for narrative and for everyone to lose their mind, I would very much like Alabama to win the SEC title game so both of them go to the playoff. You know, the only thing that's terrifying about that is if Georgia loses, I, I don't know if they might not just lose their ever-loving collective minds. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And, not, and not be able to recover from it. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Plenty. We'll see. There's there'll be a lot of time between the SEC championship and the uh, the Janu- uh, the um, the championship bowl game. So that'll be a lot of fun to see that storyline play out. But for now, we are gonna get out of here. For my calling crime, West Bradshaw. I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Foreign Affair Podcast. And until next time, stay safe and enjoy the football. And good night to our friends on the blue side of Stanley Park. <laughs> oh, Agent Rafa has done it again. He is tur- <laughs> he he is doing for the Blues uh, what Ollie did for uh, for the Red Devils. Great <laughs> job, Rafa. Keep up. <laughs> oh man, Everton's in a spot of trouble, man. That's that is not oh. good. All right, they were they were singing today. Rafa's up. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. 
Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.